Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. We matter to God, and I know that amidst the churchy rhetoric that seems to make us the master and God our servant, to say we matter to God is not all that profound. But it is. Why should we matter to God? He's God. He needs nothing. And yet we have rebelled, and we have squandered all that he has offered us. We have rejected him and walked away. Yet we matter. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus continues to emphasize to the Pharisees and scribes that sinners are important. So let's take our Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 15, and study the lost son. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these lessons from the Lord Jesus that help us to put into a proper perspective where we stand in relationship to you. You are God. You certainly are not our servant. We are your servants. And so our posture before you, physically and spiritually, needs to be one of humility, one of submission. And Father, even though that's the role that we play, that's that's the position that we take in front of your throne, in front of your majesty, we are still important to you. You created us. You sustain our lives, whether we are saved or lost. You seek us out. You draw us near. You secure us believers, for eternity, for your glory, according to your grace. So, Father, help us to understand that we matter, that we are important to you, and why that is the case. Give us insight. Give us discernment. Help us to understand these things in a proper biblical way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Luke 15, verses 8 through 10, Jesus is saying the same thing he said in our past study. In verse 8, he says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And so Jesus frames this response a little differently than his previous one, where he has a shepherd going looking for a lost sheep. Now we have a woman looking for a lost coin. Again, the sheep and the coin are important to the shepherd and the woman. We are important to God. Even though we are sinners, when God brings us back, when God brings us to faith, there is rejoicing in heaven over the sinner who repents and returns. And we need to emphasize this real quick. The sinner needs to repent. The sinner needs to turn away from their sin. We do not invite Jesus into our hearts and lives. What we do is we stop our rebellion, we turn away from our sin, and we come back to Jesus. We repent. That's very, very different than so many people's understanding of what salvation is. Salvation isn't just simply a choice to where I think I'll follow Jesus now. Salvation is the result of our conviction of our sin, 
our understanding of how we have lost our place in fellowship with God, how we have rebelled and turned away from him. And now, recognizing that guilt and that shame, we repent and return. That's important for us to understand. That's how the Bible characterizes salvation. And since we've already looked at these truths in our previous verses in chapter 15, let's move on to verse 11. Jesus continuing to talk about this with the Pharisees and scribes. Verse 11 says, Then he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living or riotous living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Every human being has a special relationship with God. We are his creation. We have been created in his image and likeness. So in a sense, we are all, saved or lost, children of God. We are either out of fellowship with him or in fellowship with him. We are either not worshiping him or we are worshiping him. But God is still God. He's still our God. He's still in control. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth on every mine. He possesses all of heaven, all of earth. He is God. He is Lord of all. And so when we come to this passage concerning what is typically called the prodigal son, we're told that this man had two sons. And we're not focusing on the other, who ends up being the older. We're focusing primarily on the younger, because it's the younger in this early part of this passage that is rebellious, that is independent, that wants to stray or go on his own way. And so the younger says to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. The younger son had no right to say this. The younger son had no right to the property of the father until the father decided to give it to him or the father had passed away. So this is arrogant and rebellious, inconsiderate in the beginning. And so we're told, so the father divided to them, both of his sons, his livelihood. He went ahead and did this. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all that the father had given to him and journeyed to a far country. He left. He wandered away from his father. There's no gratitude. There's no commitment to the property of the father or to serve his father. He went on his own. He rebelled. He wandered. He left. That's the picture of the sinner taking what God has given, what God has provided, taking it, using it selfishly, leaving the Father, not being considerate of the Father, wandering off. That's the sinner. And we're told that after journeying to a far country, there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. He went out and he lived in an ungodly way, in a sinful way, indulging his flesh, and he wasted everything. That's the picture of the sinner. The sinner may think that they're living it up, that they're enjoying life or whatever, but they are wasting what God has provided. They are wasting it 
and they're throwing all that God has done for them back in God's face. Verse 14 says, But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. There's a time in the life of a sinner, especially the sinner whom God is going to reconcile and redeem, where they realize that they have wasted everything and that they have no ability to provide for themselves. That's the attitude of people when they get saved. They recognize their great need. They recognize that they've made a huge mistake, that what they are seeking to do does not satisfy that longing in the heart. There's a discontentment and a sadness. Now, honestly, many people commit suicide. Many people just continue to try to run to the next thing, and they try to make up the difference for what they have lost. They divorce. They live with different people. They try alcohol or drugs. They medicate themselves. They buy things and they go places, all in search of happiness. But by and large, if you ask people around you if they're happy, most people are not happy. Most people are not content or at peace. And that's the picture we have here. When the severe famine arose in the land, this man began to be in want. He did not have what he needed. Then he went, verse 15, and joined himself to a citizen of that country. He'd gone into a far land, and now he unites. He becomes a a servant of a citizen of that country. And the citizens sent him into the fields to feed swine. And we cannot comprehend what the gasp must have been like when the people heard this in the parable. Because the Jews would in no way, shape, or form feed swine or be around them at all. And so this man had fallen to the lowest point that he could go in the eyes of the Jews. And then we're told in verse 16, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. Not only would he stoop so low to be around pigs, not only was he feeding pigs, but he would gladly have filled his stomach with pigs' food, and no one gave him anything. We need to understand this. The lost world does not love. The lost world does not care about you. God does. God sent his son to die on the cross to redeem us, to save us, to bring us back out of our poverty and our despair, our spiritual wantonness. God has done that, but no one gave him anything. This is just part of this picture that we're going to look at concerning this lost son. Notice that there's the lost sheep, the lost coin, and now the lost son. The son is lost because the son wandered away. Praise the Lord that in God's grace and mercy, he draws sinners to himself. Through the gospel message, through his word, through believers' lives and testimonies, God draws sinners back to himself. God continues to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise the Lord for God's love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's part one of this. We've set up the stage. This lost man doing what we have done before God, and we need to recognize it. And as believers, we need to give thanks to God for his grace and mercy in seeking us out and drawing us back home. And we'll conclude this in our next study. Father in heaven, 
Help us to understand these truths. Help us to understand all that you have done in saving us from our sin, in loving us and providing for us. Father, help us to understand that a big part of these stories is the rejoicing that takes place when the return happens. The rejoicing of the shepherd, the rejoicing of the shepherd's friends, the rejoicing of the woman, the rejoicing of the woman's friends, and how the angels of heaven, the hosts of heaven, rejoice when one sinner repents and returns. Help us to understand how wonderful this is in your eyes. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.